You just gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. Discover the tools you need to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. From family and wellness to business and goals, it's time to dream out loud. It's time to rock it. This stuff will rock your world. Rock! And now your host, Chasta. Welcome to the Rock Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Chasta. Welcome back. If you're coming back, if you're new, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I always appreciate your support. You know that. I love you guys for joining me. I love having these deep, thoughtful conversations with you. I have learned so much in hosting this podcast because I've had incredible guests on so far. And we're just getting started, y'all. We haven't even been a thing for a full year yet. So only really cool things to come. But for today, oh boy, get ready. I'm going to introduce you to a true muse in my life. Her name is Hillary Banks. She is a sorority sister of mine. I've known her over 20 years. We sat down and had an incredible conversation. There's so much going on in this talk. But the reason I brought her on is because, as you will hear very quickly, she is a true inspiration to me because she's so real and so authentic, and so genuine, and so open to the world. Her heart is open. Her mind is open. She just really embodies a beautiful spirit that I, myself, really try to attain, to be more open, to be more vulnerable, to always learn and grow and push myself, and that's what she's all about as well. We have always bonded over that notion, and we bond today even more, and so I'm very, very excited that you're here to listen to this conversation. I hope you get something out of it. I will, again, just give you a little disclaimer. I'm an excitable person, okay? It's just who I am, so I'm a little overjoyed that she's here. You can hear that in my voice as we start. Um, I won't apologize for being excited and passionate. But I'm just letting you know, I might squeal a couple times. So if you're listening in headphones, you know, just watch your volume control, okay? <laughs> All right, you guys, let's get into it. Here is Miss Hillary Banks. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm trying to temper my excitement, but I really can't. I'm so thrilled to bring on one of my literal favorite humans on the entire planet on my podcast. Oh my God, Hillary Banks self, welcome to the Rocky Life Podcast. I am so excited to be here. Do you realize that we have known each other for like, I don't even want to say like almost 20 years. <laughs> I know. I know. And we look so good. I know. I know. <laughs> right? If we do say so ourselves, um, we met when we became sorority sisters um, back in the day in 1999. Uh, so yeah, I guess we actually have known each other over 20 years now. Wow. That's crazy. Um, but you and I, we became sorority sisters, Sigma Kappas at UCO. Um, so we've been friends for a really long time and you know, it's so funny. I was thinking about you Hill, like as I was kind of prepping on, you know, what I wanted to say on this podcast, I was thinking about our relationship and I just have to be like, totally frank with you. We were never as close as I wanted us to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we should have been the besties that came out of that sorority for life. Yeah. And you know what? It's so strange how things work because the, we lived in a house with like 30 girls, I think it was. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had roommates and I lived out, you know, down at the end of the hall with other roommates. And I was like in this like little click and, and I don't talk to those girls anymore and not for any other reason than just life. Right. right. You know, I moved away, they moved away, they got married, had kids and all those things happened. And I always was so drawn to you as a friend and you had your girls in the story that you were closer to. And of all of those people, you're the one girl 20 some odd years later that I still have in my life. Isn't that interesting? I'm so glad I made the cut. You're- <laughs> I, I did not want to like, you know, say that or build it up as if it's some award you won, but I just think it's interesting because I always wanted to be close to you then. And I've managed to keep you in my life. And I'm so grateful for that all these years later. Oh yeah. I've been following you, girl. I'm not letting you let me go. You know, (laughs) seriously. I mean, we've, we've woven in and out of each other's lives. You know, you have lived all over the country doing all kinds of fun stuff. We'll get into, uh, you and I got married and divorced around the same time. Um, you lived in LA when I lived in LA and then you came to see me several years ago when I lived in San Francisco, which was a dream trip. That was so much fun. Uh, we went through the Haight-Ashbury together. That was Oh, just dreamy. Um, but it's really, it's an honor and uh, a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I'm not blowing sunshine up your skirt. The truth is like you, I'm positive, don't know this. And you would probably argue that it's not true, but you are a muse to me. Like when I find myself sort of spinning, which I can do, you know, we all can kind of do that. I'll go to like your Instagram feed, for instance, and I'll, or your blog, which I love when you write. Um, And it just sort of grounds me, you know, you and I were Oklahoma girls at heart, even though we've lived in a lot of places and we've done a lot of things and we have, you know, crazy adventures under our belt and all that, you know, you're very like me at my core, at my soul. Um, and you're just, you're raw, you're real, you're authentic, you're genuine, you're open, you're fearless in my opinion, and you're whimsical. I love how like you just open your Instagram feed and it's like full of whimsy. Um, you really are amused. So I want to say thank you first and foremost. That is, yeah, that is a, like a vitamin B12 shot to my (laughs) you know, needed that today. Like, you know, you know, I think the world of you and I think one of the reasons why we always kind of like orbited one another, but we didn't like totally jump in lockstep until we became like grown grown. Yeah. Was I think, you know, we were tuning into the same frequency. Like we can talk more about that later, but you know, it's just a a resonance that like hits you in the heart and you know, it feels like a, a, a soul sister, you know, and so we, we spoke the same language always. And I think sometimes why you're separated at first and you don't get closer till later is because they need that light in different circles. It's like anchoring light, like light workers. You know? Oh my God. See that. And you just gave everyone a perfect example of why you speak directly to my heart. That is such a perfect way to put it. Like we were working in different circles, doing our thing um, and, and didn't come into lockstep until later. It's so true. You know, mm-hmm. you and I have always like, I haven't, we haven't, I guess, talked at I don't even know what that means in 2021. Like we text or we DM or we, you know, whatever a lot. Um, but we don't, you know, physically talk on, you know, FaceTime or whatever. Um, and we haven't in a long time, but literally you popped up on the screen. We're like, like just immediately. I know it's, it really, truly is amazing. And there's so many things that I want people to learn about you during this podcast, because I think that I know that you will provide to people what you provide to me, which is inspiration and just a real authentic clarity on slowing things down, 
being with yourself, understanding, trying to understand who we are, where we came from, what really is going on around us. That is something that you just totally provide for me. And you post a lot of things on Instagram that really hit me in the heart, but you posted something in the middle of December that when I read it, I was like, there it is. I've been looking for an excuse to have Hill on the podcast and there it is. And I want to actually read it from your Instagram account because I won't do it justice. I know that for sure. Um, Cause I took a screenshot. I was like, Oh my God, so good. And it's basically about speaking power into your life. So here's what you had to say. And then we're going to flush this sucker out. <laughs> so you said your mind responds to the words that you use. Are you speaking power into your life or are you disempowering yourself? If your inner narrative is facing a blank page, is it terrifying or thrilling? Is your solitude joyful or depressing? Is the surrounding silence blissful or awful? Is quarantine a nightmare or an opportunity? Do you have to do something or do you get to do something? This isn't about denying your feelings or light polarizing. That's a level one teaching, which I want you to explain to us. By all means, feel the feelings, but don't decide to make it your mantra. If a thought flits across your mind and lands in your hair, acknowledge it, but don't let it make a nest and live there. Again, I love you. Instead, recognize the thought pattern and actively address it. Take responsibility for the programs you are running in your mind. I mean, you actually go on a little bit, but I mean, really, it's just about choosing your words and directing your thoughts and and, and being in control of that narrative, which I find sometimes I feel out of control. So what sparked you to, to write those incredible words? Well, honestly, it was the news article in the New York Times about Barack Obama. And he was talking about how he wrote his uh, autobiography on, you know, paper. He says, you know, it's a first draft um, and it comes out of my hand and to, onto the, you know, onto the paper. But he said, you know, there's nothing more terrifying than a blank page. And I thought Barack Obama's talking to himself like that. Like yeah. I don't even talk to myself like that anymore. You know, like, <laughs> right. so I kind of wanted to get a hold of him and be like, why are you telling people that's terrifying when it's actually thrilling, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's an opportunity to start over and like, write whatever you want. Uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's what really got my mind turning on it. And then I saw other people kind of mentioning, oh, wow. You know, about Brooks interview and his book. And that got me to thinking, I need to address this. You know, it's relevant. It's, it's totally on everyone's minds right now. So let's talk about, is it the thrill of a bank page or the terror of a blank page or the terror of a new year, you know, yeah. a new calendar page, you know, no, it's thrilling. It's expansive possibility. You know, I think it's very much um, a cliche that people say, like, you know, you are the words that you speak to yourself or, you know, because people talk about mantras or affirmations or whatever. And like people can very quickly like cast that off as hippy dippy or like, you know, oh, it's it's something in that land. But you know, it, cliches are cliche for a reason. And it's typically because they're a thousand percent truth. And mm -hmm. it is so true when you start to write out the words that you speak to yourself. Like I write in my journal every morning, not for a really long time. It takes me like eight minutes. I write um, things I'm grateful for five things. And then I write my 10 dreams as if they've already happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, I say like, I am a runner. I am somebody who works out. I am an exceptional wife and mother because it's telling myself that this is just something I am. This is something I do, right? It convinces me that I already am that way. It's yes. like a mind trick. Yes. And it's all true, right? You, you are living that every day now. I mean, maybe the first few times that you said it, it probably felt like a stretch. Totally. Horrible. 
But then all of a sudden, one day you realize you're embodying it and you believe it, right? Yes. yes. Truly believe it. It's amazing. Cause like I write something and I'm being very vulnerable right now. Cause like maybe when I say these things, people are gonna be like, who does she think she is? Right. But I want to be, and like, for instance, one of the things is an inspiration to people when it comes to fitness, fitness is very important to me. And I want to be able to inspire others. So I write in my journal as if I am. I am an inspiration to others in fitness. I write it every morning as a reminder that that's something that I want. But when people actually send me a DM on Insta and they're like, oh my God, thank you for posting whatever. It was such an inspiration. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm so grateful, but it really is talking yourself into believing that that is truth. There's so much power in it. Yes. And honestly, I mean, there's so many folks out there that are, you know, feeling depressed or, you know, feel like they're battling something, you know, and I personally have been through that, right? I was diagnosed with depression. I was even diagnosed with something called suicidal ideation, which is gnarly stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and one of the th treatments that I had in Western medicine was called cognitive behavior therapy. Again, directing your thoughts, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you hear it, whether it's on the mystical side of the spectrum or the scientific side of the spectrum, but the truth of the matter is that you have multiple dialogues going on in your mind at all times. You know, we get to choose which one we filter the world through. And so if, if um, the listeners don't get anything else out of this talk today, I want them to just hammer this into their head that their perception is their reality, mm. period. Mm -hmm. So if you are perceiving what is wrong with the world, you're going to continue the, you're going to find more and more evidence to back up that claim and everything's going to be terrible, you know, but if you're looking for things to be excited about, to be grateful for, to be curious about even, you know, those more playful qualities of living mm -hmm. uh, gratitude is one that gets, you know, pounded in our head all the time. But I also like to look for like, what's whimsical. Like you said, what makes me laugh? Yes. Yes. You know, what's absolutely adorable about, you know, these birds that are eating in my backyard, you know, like, and it's a falling in love with life in that way. So I'm looking at everything through a Wes Anderson lens instead of like a Scorsese dark, scary thriller, you know? <laughs> My God, that's so well said. And I'm glad you brought up the birds because that's a perfect example of like all these things that happen to us every day, you know, little moments that very easily in most days, most people miss. They don't pay attention to what the birds are doing in their backyard, or they don't pay attention as they're doing a road trip across the country to these beautiful mountainscapes. And you literally, you document these simple things, a, a picture of a classic car, or, you know, a picture of a crazy stop, you know, a roadside attraction on your way from California to Oklahoma, you know, that people they're so busy and they're so full of like, go, go, go crazy, crazy crazy that they miss all these simple pleasures that maybe back in the day before social media, before the internet, that those were the things that we always, like we stopped and we smelled the roses a little bit more than we do now. And that's why I go to you. That's why I say whimsical, because now noticing what the birds are doing in your backyard is a rarity and it's whimsical. And, mm -hmm. and I think there's real power in to just stopping long enough to notice those moments in life, you know, putting down our phones, um, in putting, you know, putting real intention into those quiet little beautiful moments. Yes. And, and that's, I'm so glad you mentioned this social media phenomenon, because I think we're 
thinking that we're stopping to smell the roses by scrolling through our feed, mm-hmm. but it's being spoon fed to you. And it doesn't taste the same because it's microwaved and nuked and it's not the original source, right? Like yeah. if you just like look through your eyes at the way the light's pouring in, in the afternoon in your bedroom, you know, yeah. like there's, there's something there. That's just like, you can feel it. You can touch it. You can taste it. I mean, like the era of COVID has taught us how important our senses are and how much we miss touch and smell and eye contact, you know? So have eye contact with your life. Get in there. (laughs) Amen. You're getting me teary eyed. Absolutely. Like what brought it on home for me was when I had a kid and that kid became like a kid and not a baby anymore. Cause like when you're holding a baby in, you know, your arms and you're connecting with it, it's like, that's one thing. But then you have this little thing that becomes a human with opinions and questions and curiosity. And like, they'll ask you a question and sit there with these huge bright eyes waiting on your answer with bated breath. And I want to make sure not that what I say to him is perfect because it won't ever be, but that it's thoughtful mm-hmm. and that it's inspired from something. You know what I mean? Like, cause he'll ask the craziest, coolest questions that again, the stuff we don't take time to even think about anymore. Um, you know, and I want to make sure that, that he knows mama is like plugged in. You know what I mean? Like plugged into life, not plugged into social or plugged into all the important stuff that we get wrapped up in, but like just plugged into life, into those moments, you know, plugged into him. Most importantly, you know, that I'm taking time to hear him and play with him and watch him create these like amazing scenarios with superheroes in his brain, you know, all those things that just, they, they just flutter by us and we, we don't grab a hold of them. And you know, you are such an important person for me because you make me stop. When I see you watching the birds in your backyard, legit, I typically, after I finish your story, will put my phone down and I'll walk around and look at something like that's what you're doing. And if we could all do something that important with social media, instead of being like the Instagram, Instagram influencer, that's doing all the Instagrammy thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? If we, if we actually like had purpose in what we're doing and the content that we're providing to people to inspire them to do something different or cool or meaningful with their lives, like, Oh my God, what a better world we'd live in. Yes. You know, honestly, that is my number one goal. My mission statement is really basic, but it is to be a beneficial presence. Yeah. Period. You yeah. Know, I want to be helpful, you know, yeah. and that goes back to, you know, what you're saying about Cody, which by the way, he's the coolest kid. <laughs> Thank you. He's really pretty rad. I mean, if I do this on myself, I'm like, I love watching him grow up and seeing like both you and Jay and him like, yeah. Oh my gosh, talk about <laughs> making the world a better place. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I pray. <laughs> Definitely. But what you mentioned, what you touched on there is like something we can even internalize, like that kindness and that thoughtfulness that you bring to Cody as a parent, that's exactly what we're doing when we're directing our own thoughts or choosing our thoughts. We're reparenting ourselves, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And we're choosing to, you know, okay, I know that I can either speak power or disempowerment into my life. So like, what is, I always ask myself when I have a thought, like, and that bird lands there, it's like, is this true? Mm -hmm. Is this helpful? You know, because if it's neither of those things, it doesn't have to be kind. If it's true, sometimes it's not kind, but is it true? And is it helpful? Because if so, then, then I see value in mulling it over. But if it's just disempowering nonsense, some old program, I'm, you know, repeating from some, maybe some insult someone told me years ago, or, you know, something insecure that I picked up in childhood, 
I flip that bird right out of my hair. I'm like, shoo, shoo. You do not need to make a nest here. You know? So true. And you write about things like this a lot. You journal a lot. And I'm always impressed that you will take pictures of your most vulnerable moments sometimes in your journals and you post them. Like, is, does that number one, does that help you get all of that, whatever that is out, right? Everything that's in your head. And number two, is it scary as all shit to put that on Instagram? It is so scary. I think that's why I like it. I have a Scorpio <laughs> rising, so I like to be a little bit, you know, <laughs> saucy. Yeah, exactly. You know, provocative. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just the other day I posted, I mean, it was, I was totally nude in the photo, but you couldn't tell you could actually see less than what I would wear a bikini if I was wearing, yeah. a bikini, you know, right, right. You see my legs and my shoulders, Yeah. but sharing that was really vulnerable. But yes, I do that because it's my way of processing very publicly, but, um, by writing and, and imagery, I make sense of life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and it helps me look for more magic, by the way, because once I start a little golden thread or a, a little narration, because I'm like, I literally live in a movie in my head, but. <laughs> oh, and it plays out beautifully on Instagram. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. I'm the biggest fan of your movies ever. Yay. yay. <laughs> I've actually been thinking about maybe making some. So I, I think that you should. I think you would be an incredible, like indie artsy fartsy like movie like sign me up i'm i'm in the front row at the theater like i can't wait and speaking of that nude that you posted you know you've done that a couple of times but again you're not seeing anything i mean you can tell you're nude but it's not like your boobs are there's no nipple showing none of it um you know it's the way it's placement but Mm -hmm. but what it does give off hill is that it's the raw and genuine emotion and and I feel you like I I feel that you're giving me everything of you and that you're just open to whatever life brings to whatever people want to interact with you about like I'm sure I don't I can't imagine what kind of dms you get but like you must have great you know conversations with people that go really deep and and are very authentic because you just put it all out there like it's a weird it's a weird concept for me because I'm on the radio. Right. And so, and, and on TV and I live my life on a microphone mm-hmm. or on a screen and I'm incredibly authentic with my audience. Like I tell them everything, even when I was going to give birth, I recorded a voicemail and it was played on the air the next day. Like, I mean, they know everything about me, but it's, there's something, but you almost take it to the next level. Like you almost cut yourself open and just pour out and just go like, this is me, the good, bad, the ugly. I don't really I don't care what you say. If you come at me, like I can, you have a way of like blocking that kind of stuff. How have you built the nerve up over time to do stuff like that? And, and does it still get to you Do do things affect you in that way? Yeah. So I value vulnerability and authenticity above anything else. I think that's why you and I jive so well, because I see the truth in you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, when you talk about that, that authenticity. That's what I want to bring to the table. And by being beneficial, I want to encourage other people to be able to do that too. You know, I want them to feel just as free as I do. And that came with things like coming out of the cannabis closet, right? Like that was a big moment. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Okay. 
Because that was a big moment. I mean, I've known you through like a lot of different layers of your life, you know, in 20 something years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I come from, well, let's just be frank. We come from the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. We were both raised deeply and rooted in religion. And, you know, you and I, I think, have battled with some questions that we've had about, you know, our religious experience throughout our lives. And you and I are both very spiritual people. That's probably obvious by now. Um, But when you came out of the weed closet, you were working for weed maps. By the way, I haven't even mentioned what you did in your former life. You ran marketing teams for like Red Bull and Weed Maps and um, Fiji Water and Core. I think I'm missing some, Um, but you're like marketing master. And now you're sort of in a transitional period, which hopefully we can talk about too. But when you were working for Weed Maps and you came out as like a, a, a weed person, a weed lover, whatever the terminology is, I was like, get it sister. Look at that raw inauthenticity, you know, like, wow. Yes. That that was the final mask. You know, that, that is what got me to the point where I can, you know, post the, the uh, implied nudes now, you know, there are no masks anymore. I am the same person with my mama and my uncle and my best friend, you know, and on a podcast and on my Instagram feed, like you get raw unfiltered Hillary, which I still think is pretty refined. (laughs) Oh, she definitely is. A little saucy, but refined. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. High potent, high, high octane. <laughs> I love that. But, yes. Uh, so that was, I mean, again, you know, that is a sacred plant medicine. It needed to be destigmatized. And I needed a reason to do something beyond just capital winning at capitalism, you know, like, yeah. And so I was at this point in my career where I felt like I achieved a lot of things. Like I used to envision walking into a corner office in Los Angeles with high heel, like hose and heels on because it was the nineties and we were. Yep. yep. So I used to imagine wearing hose and heels and walking in the office, like past all the cubicles and like being like, everyone's delighted to see me. Yep. One day I was walking into my office at Fiji and in West LA and I realized that I was walking in my vision. You know what I mean? Like it was actually happening. And, but what happens, no one talks to you about what do you do after you've achieved your vision? Like, okay, I'm literally 27 years old and I've already done this. Now what, you know? So, So that's when I started like really starting peeling back those layers and going, well, you know, at work, I can't talk about weed. And, um, you know, sometimes at home I can't talk about work and why is that? And I just want to be able to like, you know, cross pollinate all of these things and just be me, you know, and that's where, that's where, um, it led me to weed maps and then on, you know, beyond there to today where I'm, I'm putting it all out there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because somebody who might, who doesn't know you might be like, we, it's just weed. Like, why is that so important? But from Mm -hmm. where we come from, from the way that we were raised and the way that people are in that part of the world. And I'm not saying there's no like underlying message of them being different or bad or whatever. It's just, it's just the way it is. You know, weed isn't exactly like openly accepted. Maybe it is more now um, in 2021, but it was a big moment for you. And, and the, the pivot that it caused for you to go from, like you said, like, you know, corporate world, uh, capitalism, all those things, those are great for a lot of people. Like that's what, you know, what rules them. I have friends that are like killing it, you know, in huge companies and good for them. That's their dreams their goals. And that's what makes them like jive. Fantastic. But it never really made sense for you because I knew at your core that wasn't working in your heart. Like you were killing the game. I'm, you know, you were doing everything right. 
and you were in the corner office and all that stuff. But I knew like at your soul that you weren't, you were, you weren't fulfilled in that way. And I remember when you came up here in San Francisco and you, you visited me for the weekend, it was years ago. It was before Cody. So it was at least like 2014 or something. And we were talking and you were still battling a bit of depression and, you know, and we were talking about, you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. And, and I remember thinking like, she hasn't found her thing yet. And as soon as she does, this bird's going to get out of her cage and she's going to just fly. And that's exactly, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. That's exactly what's happened. And what a beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. You know? I mean, God, that's why I get so excited to see you because I'm like, she finally found her like whole, like everything is like clicking. It's all clicking. And and here you are in a totally transitional period in your life. Like, I don't even know that you really know what's next, <laughs> but in, but in that way, it's also crazy because you're, I can tell your soul is so full. Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. I am like happier and more stable now than I've ever been in my life. And I do not have a job. I do not have income, <laughs> you know, like, see, just- that's what I mean flying by the seat of my pants. I have a lot of ideas, but yeah, I'm oh, chastity. Like that's one of the beauties of our relationship too, is like you said, you knew me when I was like super Christian and like, wouldn't even listen to secular music when oh, I, I remember that. Yeah. You know, you knew me when I, um, was like going through the thick of it, um, after a couple of divorces, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I found. I kept looking for this fulfillment or this completion or all these things that, you know, you're fed, you know, that it will make you whole like these narratives that we're told, they're not true. The truth is you have to embody both the masculine and the feminine in yourself. You have to give yourself that unconditional love that you're seeking. And once you reach that kind of wholeness, then you start having like deep intimacy with like a lot of people, not just one, by the way, it's not like I'm sleeping with everyone, but like we right. <laughs> share deep intimacy, right? Totally. Oh yeah. Intimacy oh. is not just sex. Like, of course that is an intimate thing, but there's a lot of other kinds of int- intimacy and soul sister intimacy is definitely a thing for sure. Definitely. Yes. And that's one of the things, I mean, the way that you've been able to hold space for me and all my iterations for the last 20 years is absolutely priceless Chasta, because there's not a lot of friends that can sit there and listen to you, you know, outline your plan for suicide. You know, um, there's not a lot of folks that have the grit to do that, but I'll tell you, if you can hold that space for someone and not get scared away, you'll probably defuse the thought and help them untangle it. And then they'll realize that, you know, feelings aren't facts. (laughs) Amen Amen to that. And thank God you never did flinch. Like that's that, you know, that's that we're willing to go there for each other. And because you didn't get scared off, you helped me through, you know, some of the nights in my life. Because I knew there was so, there was so much power in you as a person. And I, and I think if you're, you know, a friend of someone who's dealing with depression or anxiety, I deal with anxiety and, you know, and those are all very dark places. And if you're dealing with somebody like that, you know, and they have those, those types of conversations with you, you just have to know, like, first of all, what you just said is like, you know, feelings are not fact and, Mm -hmm. and just not giving it power, like have the conversation, talk about the feelings, but don't like live there. Don't give it that power. Like you had mentioned on your, you know, original post, it's all about how much you feed it, right? You can still feel it. I'm not saying ignore it. I would never tell anybody to ignore that. Like when I start feeling anxiety, I ask myself, what is this trying to tell me? Like mm-hmm. something is going on around me and maybe it's not super obvious, but something's eating at me. And mm-hmm. I do some investigative work within my soul to figure out what's going on and what this is really about. What part of my life is it coming from? 
right? Um, and you have to do that for yourself. That brings it full circle. That's, you know, that's, you've moved past level one, right? Because level one teaching is that light polarizing. Oh, thoughts become things, law of attraction. Don't ever have a negative feeling in your body, you know? And that's why I think for so long, I suffered trying to beat depression. Mm -hmm. I just saw it as this negative, horrible cloud hanging over me that I couldn't get rid of no matter how many mantras I tried and how many prayers and books I read. But once you start learning the value of the shadow and doing shadow work, Mm -hmm. um, and that really your shadow is actually like your neglected parts and your inner child that was bullied and maybe your inner adult that was rejected in a love relationship or at work. These are the traumatized parts of you that you push into little compartments and say, that hurts too much. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to feel that ever again. Mm. But once you start to go past that level one light polarizing, oh, I can't think about that. And you dig into it and go, what is this telling me? Yeah. That's where healing and growth. And I always call it sitting with pain until it turns to perception. Oof. Yes. Like you were willing to sit with my pain and you showed me how to do that for myself. Yeah. And you didn't even realize you were doing that. But then, you know, over the last 10 years, since we've had those kind of talks, I have learned how to sit with my pain, maybe process it in a journal, mm-hmm. um, but until it turns into perception and I can figure out what, what part of me needs love or, you know, acceptance mm-hmm. where that's where it's coming from, where that deep seat is, you know, you talk about deep seated things that come from a place. Like I have been dealing with a lot over the last several years. And I, this is something I dealt with within my soul. And I didn't tell anyone basically, except, you know, my husband and my mom and, you know, my best friend, but even those conversations were very limited, um, that I had severe, severe anxiety about death. Um, because my, my dad died like that, like instantly, like I had just saw him. I had just talked to him. He had plans that night with his girlfriend. He was in love. Like everything was finally like working for him. And then he just out of nowhere was gone. And, and, you know, that happens to people every day, all the time. I mean, God, we're in a pandemic. It's happening more than ever right now. But when it happens to someone who is your, the, one of the closest people to you, your actual blood, and you've lost your father. So I know that you relate to this, like it, wow, it shakes everything to your core. And I never worked through that professionally with anyone. I never went to therapy. I've never gone to therapy in my life. So I just, like you just said, after it happened, squash, 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 right? Like I, I started drinking, you know, and partying and stuff, not anything crazy, but enough, enough, you know what I mean? And just never dealing with it. And those things, they don't, they typically don't go away. You know, they just sit there and sometimes they fester Mm -hmm. and then they pop up in things like anxiety or depression or sleepless nights or whatever that turns out to be. And it wasn't until like a a couple of years ago when I finally started telling my husband, like I sort of would let him in on a couple of things here and there. Like I have really dark thoughts sometimes. And he would be like, what do you, what do you mean? You know? And he would try to like, get it out of me. And it long story short, the headline is I have really dark thoughts. Like I just, it's just the way my brain works. And I remember when my dad was alive and I was young, he would tell me that like, if I didn't call him, it wasn't that he assumed I was dead. He, in his mind had already played out the car accident that I had and saw my bloody body on the side of the road in all of its like parts. Mm -hmm. That's how my dad's brain was. That's how my brain works. Mm-hmm. If I think about my son getting into an accident, I, it's not a, that's not like a two second. I like, Oh my God, no, I play it out. And it's awful, yeah. but that's something that I have now realized in trying to work through all of this is that, you know, 
I'm being very vulnerable, not with you, but with my viewers and listeners, because they don't know me, <laughs> you know, that it's, it's scary to admit some of those things out loud. Like, I'm sure it's scary to say that I've had suicidal thoughts or that I've planned out my own, you know, demise and all of those things. Like, but man, when you just like go, here it is, mm-hmm. it, it kind here of it is. It's kind of like shining the light on the scary thing in the corner and figuring out it's a mouse. Totally. Oh my God. That's exactly what it was. It was like, okay, well, this is just who I am. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Now what do I do about it? Okay. Well, I don't, again, I don't give those thoughts power when I notice that I'm going to that super dark place and I'm playing out a horrible scenario. I have the power to snap myself out of it. Right. And to, and, and now I will, I'm the crazy person that will audibly acknowledge like, whoa, bitch, calm down. And I will like literally snap myself out of it and try to not ignore it, acknowledge it, and then let it go and try to, to turn onto something lighter and brighter and full of love and light and go give them a hug and cuddle and whatever. But it's just learning those things about yourself, you know, and there's real power in shining that light on the mouse in the corner. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, it's going, okay, I've gone all the way to the part where my body parts are on the side yeah. of the road. What is, what am I scared of now? Yeah. You know, what yeah. is, okay. What would happen? Maybe it's what I'm scared of what would happen to Cody. Yeah. Okay. So let's address that because mm-hmm. that's, what's actually driving this fear is I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to provide for Cody or, you know, be a partner to Jay or, you know what I mean? So again, what is this telling me? Cause you know, the, the gore isn't helpful. Right. But the fear is certainly informative. It's breadcrumbs back to an unmet need or something that you feel like you need to accomplish, you know, and that's where the shadow work, you know? Okay. And, and I had never heard of that. You started talking about it on Instagram. It's first thing I, first time I had ever heard of that. Like Mm -hmm. when you talk about shadow work, are we describing that? Is that what I've been doing and not knowing that that's what it's called? Yes. Yes. And that's, what's so cool. There is, um, there's an, and there's a lot of different modalities, right? I call it shadow work. A lot of folks do. Um, there's also, they call it shamanic journeying or the shaman's way. And this yeah. is like native American teaching. Right. But, um, I've been studying this for three years. I just got my certificate, Yes, uh, I love it. <laughs> but basically, um, the shaman shamanic journeys are identifying those original trigger points that like those traumas that we've suppressed that yeah. a lot of times we think we've suppressed really well, but they're actually bubbling up and they're, they're our perception. Mm-hmm. They're, they are what we're the lens we're seeing through, but we think we have it in the corner. Yeah. Um, but going back to that root and like literally addressing it. And I talked about reparenting yourself, but like, you know, if, if Cody told you he had a dream like that, a horrible car accident dream, yeah. you know, how, what would you do for him first? You would ask him what he needs. You would hold him. You would allow space for him to cry and process. And then you would say, okay, let's talk through this. Right. Right. And you would address all those fears. Well, if something happened to mommy, this is what you would do. And this is who would take care of you, you know, and we need that self-parenting, you know? Mm -hmm. And so shamanic journeying is, they, they call it soul retrievals. It's also, it's a form of shadow work. You literally go back to like the point of molestation, the time that you tried to commit suicide, you go back there in time. And as you are today, whole and with all of these new coping mechanisms and you say, okay, little Hillary, what do you need? You know? And the first one I did, um, it was, you know, oh, I'm a dirty, bad girl. That's what I was bawling, you know, in my memory, I'm a dirty, bad girl. And I was like, oh honey, you are not, you are so lovable. Everything about you is lovable. And just giving myself that love um, in the moment, you know, and sometimes you can't, 
and that's another important lesson. But if you can't, then what you say is, you know what? I want us to feel lovable. I'm going to come back for you when I can say that with no doubt, Oof, that's you know, but that's that true. That's authenticity with yourself. Don't fake any bullshit, you know, like mm-hmm. don't fake it with Just- anyone, but especially yourself. You're so right. Like we can talk ourselves like into and out of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, totally. But that, that's the work I've been doing is I've been going back and retrieving all sorts of girls. I mean, sometimes stuff comes up and it's like some stupid fight I had with my boyfriend in my twenties. And I like chased him out of the house, yelling something that should have been on Jerry Springer. Right. Like, <laughs> totally. And, but it's a shameful memory that I'm like, I'm pushing in the corner. And so finally I just like went back there to that. And I'm like, okay, Hillary, like Hillary, that's 27, like yelling for all the neighbors to hear, like, what do you need to hear right now? Right. You know? And it was basically just like, I won't leave you. I'm not going to leave you. You know? Yeah. You You start to uncover what these, what these seeds are that are really like totally skewing your perspective. And then you take the power away. You've shined the light on it you've hugged it in close. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You've given yourself the grace that you would give anyone else. Yeah. You know, I, for 21, uh, I pick a, like a word or a theme of the year. Um, it's sort of my mantra that I take on for the year. And this year I decided that it was breathe in grace. And when I say that, I mean, just take a freaking deep breath, right? Uh, Whatever's going on, good or bad. Like sometimes I can be in the best like mindset. Like today I'm in a great headspace. Like I knew that you were going to be on my screen and I was so excited. I had a lot of coffee. So I was like kind of a spaz when you jumped on here. But even in that moment, I'm like, okay, breathe, give myself like a moment to reset, but also in the harder times, give myself grace, meaning that if I've done something that day that is shameful or that I said something that like, you know, maybe to Jay or whoever that wasn't, you know, truth. And I shouldn't have said, and I didn't want to say, but it came out or, or maybe it's something as simple as I didn't get my workout in that day. And it makes me feel crappy, whatever, just giving yourself a moment to go, you know what? No, one's perfect. It's all good. Start over tomorrow, you know, and just being able to reset and not be so hard on myself. You know, I've been, um, a, a battling perfectionist my whole life in every sense of the word. And it's exhausting, you know, it really it, it's so much more fun to sit with the cool kids in the back of the class and laugh a little and not take <laughs> life so seriously, you know? Like I just feel so much better. Like my friend Tess says, wear life like a loose sweater. Mm. And I just love that because it's like it's so like it's not so serious. Like we're, you know, if you think about if you have any sort of belief in God, which I think of him as the divine intelligence that designed everything, you know, from gravity to how we're breathing and our bodies functioning without us even controlling, you know, knowing. Yeah. But, um, when you think about those kind of things, it just gives you so much room to kind of like relax. Like everything is unfolding as it should. I can be a spectator now and a participant later. I can chuckle and laugh and I can, you know, anyways, it's just totally changed my mind when I stopped trying to control everything. And I started just appreciating things. Exactly. And, 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 and living in the moment, you know, that's one of the things that 2020 and, and a worldwide pandemic taught me. And I think taught a lot of people is that number one, we have so far little control. You know, we always think we have so much control over all of these elements in our lives. It's such such bullshit. No, we don't like, no, we we really don't. The amount of things we actually have control over are so small. And usually it's really only how you handle shit. Like that's really the only thing that you have full control over is how you process, how you 
filter, whatever happens to you, whatever comes your way, that's something that you have control over. Usually. I mean, unless we're dealing with something, you know, something else, but I mean, you know, your typical average person, that's really it. And it, you know, and it's realizing that you don't have the control and then just being okay with it. Like just going, well, you know, things are going to happen the way they're going to happen typically. And I just have to like, let that go and have, have a little fun. Like I forgot last year how to have fun. Yeah, totally. Like somebody asked me what I did for fun. And I was like, uh, play with my kid, (laughs) go for a run. Like, I don't know. So I'm kind of in real time searching, like, what is my first reaction to that? Like, what, what do I do for fun? Like, what do I want to find out about myself. Like I don't have a hobby. My hobby is work. I love my work. I love my kid and I love running. Those are like my things. Right. But outside of that, like, I don't know, I haven't like explored a whole lot. And, and, you know, fun is, it's a choice. It's a choice. Just like we were saying, you know, you can choose to look at, look at any opportunity through this serious lens. You know, I think back to that cartoon where they had like the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other you know, but, but only my devils are like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson or something or Dolly Parton, you know, like, so I can either look through the, oh, you know, there's a tear in my beer kind of, you know, mentality, or I can look through the, you know, like empowered lens. And whenever you come at life, like with, when I'm listening to Dolly, (laughs) what would Dolly do? Yep. Life's a whole lot more fun and it's a lot less serious and you're able to laugh and you're also able to see the good in other people. I mean, it's just a totally different, different way of being. It's so know? true. It's so true. And it's, you know, and you may not be born with the positive poly vibe. Like that may not be your first reaction. Like if something feels like it's going wrong, I, again, I'm in the ditch. Right. Mm-hmm. But I have like, I know that about my personality and it's just about like course correcting. It's just about knowing that and choosing like the lighter path, you know, the, the not devastation path and, and That's- So, cause some people are like positive all the time. And I think a lot of people think that I am because I'm naturally like cheery, energetic, upbeat type of person. And that is authentic to who I am. I really am that way. But in my brain, I react. My first reaction is always like the darker, the darker one. Um, You know, so just knowing like being the investigative reporter in your own brain and doing the work to know who you are at your core and then being okay with it. I am currently developing the 12 commandments of Chasta. Like, and all that is, is writing out my 12, 12 truths. I'm going to do a podcast about this at some point. And it, all it is, is it's just my 12 commandments about life as it is. Right. And, and I don't have them all written out yet, but one of them is be Chasta. And it's as simple as knowing what that statement means Mm -hmm. and then living fully into it. Right. I love, I love Chasta. I want more. I want more. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yourself, the, the better it gets, you know? And I think that's why people are so attracted to you as well. Cause you're just super like, here I am world. Like take it or leave it. This is what you get, you know, like, and, and there's something really attractive, I think uh, about that type of flavor. You know, it's just like, I, I don't really, it's not that I don't care if you love me, but you know, if you love me, great. If you don't move on, it's no big deal. I'm not for everybody. I say that on the radio. I'm not for everybody. I know that, okay. you know, and it's, and it's okay. And it just makes life a whole lot more palatable, I guess. It's you're, nice. you know, we've mentioned a couple of times that you're in this transition in your life. Do you, do you know what's next? Do you have something specific that you want to transition to? Yes. Yeah, so 
you know, I've said I want to be a beneficial presence and I have these certain skills that I've learned, you know, I've learned how to produce events. I've learned how to market and, you know, grassroots all the way through, you know, television, you know? Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out like, okay, how do those skill sets help me like pay my rent, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yesterday I filed an LLC in the state of Oklahoma and it's called higher self marketing or higher self services. And I'll be able to consult you know, do some marketing consulting and things, but also because it has that play on words, yes. higher self, we can talk cannabis, we can talk spirituality, you know, all these things. Oh my and God. I think my first project that I'll probably push out will be that outlaw Oracle, you know, that I've been Which I'm on. like, I told, I already told you I'm the first person to buy the outlaw Oracle. I'm not even a tarot card reader, but I must have that like on my shelf so I can see it every day. Tell everybody what that is so they can look forward to giving your money, <laughs> giving you money. For it too. Yes. So this is, you know, the best way to be a teacher or an artist is to like, try to learn something new yourself because you're going to take that unique perspective that you have. So I was trying to teach myself the language of tarot, which is, you know, it is a language. Every card has so many meanings and stories to it. And it's deep. And so here I am, this country girl trying to learn tarot. And it's like, you know, you look at the Empress and it's this naked woman like laying out on a couch, you know, eating grapes and she's surrounded by opulence and she's meant to embody all things feminine and beautiful and wonderful. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, like Dolly Parton, you know, like <laughs> that's, that's like your that. Oklahoma brain. That's how you felt. I get it. I get it. Yes. And the same thing with like Waylon Jennings and the devil, like, by the way, the devil card is not all bad. I love Waylon. I think he's sexy as hell, you know, (laughs) but that's the whole thing is the devil is addictions. And it's like giving yourself over to something that might not be the best thing for you. Yeah. Um, But it sure is sexy, you know? (laughs) And so I started, you know, like taking notes. I'm like, oh, the fool, you know, the fool, who could the fool be, you know? And, um, that's how I basically made a parallel between outlaw country musicians and every single card in the deck. Yeah. And then I just started drawing them to like, help me remember all the symbology, you know? Yeah. And so it's become this thing where, um, I've already drawn all the major arcana. And I think the first thing I'm gonna do is put out a coloring book. Oh, um, love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll go from there into like actually printing the deck, you know, and yeah. I want it to be like small card size. Like you could take it to the bar and, you know, oh and my. pass it around. Oh, I cannot wait. I mean, when you announced it or not announced, you didn't announce it was actually very organic the way it unfolded on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. It's so you, it is so you, I mean, you can tell it came from that very pit of who you are and just like, oh, this is working for me. Oh, this is a thing now. It's so cool. I love that idea. So with your LLC, which congratulations, by the way, that's a big deal. Um, what will, what will exactly will you do? You'll coach people, you'll market people, you'll help people with like be brands. Like what exactly will that, that be? Yes. So the first thing is, um, just brand consulting, which is, and I actually have three clients kind of in the hopper that it just, that's what kind of prompted me. I'm like, okay, I already had people asking me for this service. So I might as well do this. Yeah. So that's just brand consulting. It can be anything from like planning an event to planning a whole campaign and launching websites and doing, you know, brand values and all that type of stuff. So there's that, there's that marketing consulting side, but then on the other side of it, I really think I want to start funneling, you know, my event planning skills into creating communities, both online and in person when it's safe, Mm -hmm. where we can circle up and, you know, have a, you know, musical act and have tarot readings and have people, you know, sharing their things. I want to host like a, like a witch walk in court. I mean, in Oklahoma, you know, I want to do some crazy stuff and bring some of this here. 
You know? I am super excited about that idea because you recently have gone back home. You're back home and you're living there and you're renovating a house, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's so like, that's so exciting, but I'm just so excited that, you know, Oklahoma has come a long way in, in progressive ideas since even since I lived there. Um, but I think it's people like you that are going to bring it on back home and really do some fun stuff to shake some stuff up there. And that's really exciting. Yes. Cordell is like, Oh boy, Hillary's back. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I like saw the, the old national bank was for sale and I was like, Hmm. Oh my God. That is so, Lost. what did I do with that? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I, I think that is so fantastic. Well, here's the thing, Hillary, I could, I could literally spend about 12 hours talking to you about anything under the sun. Um, will you come back on the podcast? Like a couple of times. Like I would love to have you whenever you're available. That would be super cool. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Big fan of what you're doing too, of course. Oh my God. I mean, truly you're such an inspiration to me, you know, and and it's just really cool to have some of those people in your life. You know, they don't have to be a lot. I only Mm -hmm. have a few, but they can bring you right back to to your core. You, you are a very grounding person to me. And, you know, it's like, I have an anchor right here on my wrist under or above love. That's Jay's handwriting for love. And the reason it's an anchor is because he's one of those people that, that can just whoop, pull me right back to where I need to be. Right. And, yes. and hold me there. And it's like a comfortable space. And you are one of those people for me. So thank you for being that. Likewise, beauty. I love you. I love you so much too. And I, I'm very excited about your next adventure. Uh, I'm, if I can think of something to hire you for, I'm like, <laughs> I may be throwing events out here and I'm going to, let's just put it out in the universe when we can, when it's safe. Okay. We're going to have some big event to put together together. I'm going to fly your ass back out to California and you're going to help me do it. That would be amazing. I'm, I'm there. I am there. Yes. And I, I commit to you that next time we talk, I'm going to have something to show you. It's not going to be just sandcastles in the sky. Like I'm going to have a website. I'm going to be doing something with it. Oh yeah. I have no (laughs) doubt. I have absolutely no doubts. Make sure you tell everybody where to find you on Instagram and the internet and all that. Okay. Well, I am Hillary Banks, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y Banks. That's my real name. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone asked that. Yeah. At Hillary banks. That's my Insta and the same for my website, hillarybanks.com. And from there, you'll be able to see, you know, like the higher self services, home economics, which is my cannabis stuff and uh, the outlaw Oracle. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being here and we will talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye babe. babe. Bye-bye. I will tell you this much after having that conversation with Hillary, my heart is so full. I'm so inspired as she always does for me. She gives me motivation and inspiration to just soak it all up, soak life all up. I just, um, I'm always amazed by her. So I do recommend that you follow her on Instagram. If you need a little inspiration yourself, as she mentioned, her handle on Instagram is at Hillary Banks. And if you want to follow me, feel free. I'm on Instagram as well, of course, at Chasta Lynn, C-H-A-S-T-A-L-Y-N-N. I'm on other social media accounts, Facebook at Chasta Radio, Twitter at Chasta, but I definitely spend most of my time on Instagram. It's the calmest these days. What can I say? If you enjoyed the podcast today, 
Would you mind? Could you subscribe? I'd really appreciate it. If you want bonus points, you could rate and review. That'd be cool too. All of that really, really helps the podcast get out there. And I'm really digging this tribe, this community that we're building here on the Rocker Life podcast. You guys are incredible human beings. Your emails that you send to me, they warm my heart. So anytime you want to email me, feel free. I'm always here for you. Chasta on air at gmail.com. Until the next time, guys, remember, rock your life.